Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, what got smaller? Don't get personal. What got smaller by 10% over the last two years? Glaciers in Switzerland. Seems obvious, doesn't it? We're living in that kind of a time. Switzerland's glaciers, according to the BBC, have lost a further 4% of their volume this year, second biggest loss ever, after last year's record melt of 6%. This is in the annual report of the Swiss Glacier Monitoring Network. I think this show is carried, but no. Whose team of researchers have been monitoring 176 of Switzerland's 1,400 glaciers for years. Really, Switzerland, don't you think that's too many glaciers? No, I know, but really. They warn it may be now too late to save many of the uh, glaciers, even if climate targets are met. Quote, it's terrible, unquote, unquote, says the head of that network, the Swiss Glacier Monitoring Network, or GLAMOS, as the BBC calls it. Uh, as I say, 10% of their total volume lost in two years, as much as they lost in the three decades between 1960 and 1990. Glaciologists measuring the ice take no comfort in the fact that this year's melt is slightly smaller than last year's. Quote, it was still the second most negative year since measurements started, says Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthias Huss, the head of Glamos. Quote, it's terrible to see that this extreme of last year is just repeating, he says. The researchers say the loss is due to consecutive very warm summers and last winter's very low snowfall. If that pattern continues, they say the thaw will only accelerate. Some of Switzerland's smaller glaciers have already disappeared. Others are shrinking so fast it's unlikely they can be saved, even if global temperatures are kept within the Paris target of a 1.5 degree Celsius rise. Without a dramatic reduction in greenhouse gases linked to global warming, glacier experts warn that even the biggest glaciers, like the Aletsch, whose ice is now 2,624 feet thick, could disappear within a generation. Quote, every time I come back to these sites that I've monitored for many years, it's different, says Huss. The ice is smaller, thinner, more gray. It's very sad, unquote. The ice, which of course traditionally builds up in winter and melts slowly in summer, provides fresh water vital to Europe's rivers. We know what happens when that doesn't happen. Salt going up the river, as we have right now here in New Orleans. Hi, everybody. Uh, so the ice, as I say, provides fresh water to irrigate Europe's crops or to cool its nuclear power plants. Shipping on the Rhine, a key waterway for Europe's freight, had to be restricted because the water had become too shallow. That happened both last year and this year. It's a thing. During the record heat of last year, fish were removed from swift Swiss rivers and stored in tanks because the river water was too warm 
and too scarce for the fish to survive. Thank God they discovered the tanks. Glaciers are very important for communicating climate change because they are so visible, says Huss. If there is no climate mitigation, we're going to lose all the glaciers in the Alps by 2100. But wait, there's worse news. The passenger pigeon, the Tasmanian tiger, the Baiji, or Yangtze River dolphin, these uh, rank among the best-known recent victims of what many scientists have declared the sixth mass extinction. This according to Stanford University in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Human actions, they say, are wiping out vertebrate animal species hundreds of times faster then they would otherwise disappear. If only they could make the uh, traffic on the 405 in Los Angeles move faster than they otherwise would. Um, an analysis from Stanford and the National Autonomous University of Mexico, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, shows the crisis may run even deeper. Each of the three species above, as I just mentioned, was also the last member of its genus, the higher category into which taxonomists sort species, and they aren't alone. Up to now, public and scientific interest has focused on extinctions of species, but in the new study from the National Autonomous University of Mexico and uh, the Stanford School, School of Humanities and Scientists have found an entire genera the plural of genus, genera, genera, genus. Genera is the plural of genus. Did you know that? Clearly I didn't. They are vanishing as well in what they call the mutilation of the tree of life. In the long term, we're putting a big dent in the evolution of life on the planet, says Gerardo Ceballos from the National Autonomous University of Mexico, but also in this century, what we're doing to the Tree of Life will cause a lot of suffering for humanity. Paul Ehrlich, Professor of Population Studies Emeritus at Stanford, says what we're losing are our only known living companions in the entire universe. Information on species conservation statuses from the International Union for the Conservation of Nature BirdLife International and other databases has improved in recent years, which allowed Ceballos and Ehrlich to assess extinction at the genus level. Not the genius level, just the genus level. Drawing from those sources, the duo examined 5,400 genera of land-dwelling vertebrate animals, 34,000 species. A total of 73 genera of land-dwelling vertebrates have gone extinct, they say, since 1500. Birds suffered the heaviest losses. 44 genus, genus extinctions, followed in order by mammals, amphibians, and ugh, reptiles. Based on the historic genus extinction rate among mammals, estimated for the authors by Anthony Barnofsky, Professor Emeritus at UC Berkeley, Hey, Berkeley versus Stanford. The current rate of vertebrate genus extinction exceeds that of the last million years by 35 times. So without human influence, Earth would likely have lost only two genera during that time. In five centuries, human actions have triggered 
a surge of genus extinctions that would otherwise have taken 18,000 years to accumulate what the paper the two scientists wrote called a biological annihilation. Sabaya says, as scientists, we have to be careful not to be alarmist, but the gravity of the findings in this case explained call for more powerful language than usual. Quote, we would be unethical not to explain the magnitude of the problem since we and other scientists are alarmed. Part of the reason is the difference between species and genera. When a species dies, goes extinct, other species in its genus can often fill at least part of its role in the ecosystem. And because those remaining species carry much of their extinct cousin's genetic material, they can also retain much of its evolutionary potential. But when entire branches of the tree of life, genera, fall off, it leaves a huge hole, a loss of biodiversity that can take tens of millions of years to regrow through the evolutionary process of speciation. Says Sabios, humanity can't wait that long for its life support systems to recover. Given how much the stability of our civilization hinges on the surfaces provided by Earth's biodiversity. The two scientists say increased conservation efforts, which they encourage, should prioritize the tropics since tropical regions have the highest concentration of both genus extinctions and genera with only one remaining species. The pair also called for increased public awareness of the extinction crisis, which is why you heard about it Today, here on Hello, Welcome to the Show.
From New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. Now some news of our friend the Atom. Dateline Tsushima, Nagasaki Prefecture. It's the town of Tsushima. The prefecture is Kana, between a state and a county. Kana? Kana? Anyway, the mayor, Naoki Hidekatsu, announced this week this city, his city, will not apply for a survey to host a nuclear waste repository. That's despite the backing of the Municipal Assembly and a $13.4 million package of offered subsidies. The survey is the first of the three-stage site selection process for the final disposal facility, for high-level radioactive waste generated by the reprocessing of spent nuclear fuel. city's been split over the issue since the Municipal Assembly earlier this month adopted by a majority vote. No, not this month, last month. A petition submitted in June by a construction industry organization calling for proceeding with the survey to revitalize the local economy. Tsushima is located on an island near the border with South Korea. It's been suffering from a shrinking population. No shrinking number of the population. The people have remained the same size. And a declining industry. The site selection process starts only after a municipality applies for a survey or accepts an offer from the central government. Hidekatsu has been concerned about adverse effects on the local economy associated with a nuclear facility, like, uh, for example, reputational damage to the mainstay fishing industry, which employs 14% of the city's working population. In late August, he asked whether the city can expect uh, support from the central government for reputational damage in a list of questions he sent to the industry ministry. Ministry replied the city can allocate the government subsidies to counter any damage to the reputation of the local fishing industry, but additional support will not be available. city's annual fish catch amounts to about $107 million per year. Hidekatsu said the $13.4 million from the feds, sorry, from the national government, would be gone quickly if negative publicity about a nuclear facility spread according to a senior official of an industry organization. Some municipal assembly members argued the city should just collect the $13.5 million 
it's 2 billion yen, for agreeing to the survey, saying the procedural governor would eventually block the construction of the final disposal facility anyway, because Nagasaki, of which Nagasaki Prefecture is its surrounding county, suffered an atomic bomb in World War II. Did you know that? I highly, speaking of which, I highly recommend the Nagasaki War Museum if you are ever in the area. Very restrained, objective, but powerfully moving document, documentation of the attack. Hidekatsu told reporters in May he had no intention of simply applying for the survey, pocketing the money, and then calling it quits. And, speaking of Japan, Deadline Tokyo, no detectable amount of tritium has been found in fish samples taken from waters near the crippled Fuk nuclear plant. That's where the discharge of treated radioactive water began into the sea a month ago. And that result is, according to the Japanese government, reported by Kyoto News. Tritium not detected in the latest sample of two olive flounders caught last week. According to the fisheries agency, the agency has provided almost daily updates since the start of the water release. That's in a bed to dispel harmful rumors, both domestically and internationally, about its environmental impact. And we'll see if those rumors continue to be harmful and rumors in forthcoming reports. News of our friend the Adam. And now... Looks like Muscles. Well, it's only been a few days since rumors began swirling that X, formerly Twitter, disabled features allowing users to report election misinformation. The confusion hasn't been cleared up by dueling statements from Elon Musk, who owns X. No, not just the uh, social media, but the whole whole damn letter. Just kidding. And the CEO of X, Linda Yaccarino. Real name. This from the British tech journal, The Register. Responding to a researcher claims that X had eliminated the ability to report posts of election misinformation or disinformation of any kind. Musk said... He had axed the entire team. Quote, oh, you mean the election integrity team that was undermining election integrity? Yeah, they're gone. Unquote Musk on X. His statement goes beyond claims from unnamed Twitter insiders who said half the election integrity team had been chopped, including its chief. Rolling Stone, meanwhile, reported on more detail the dismissal of those election integrity workers. But ex-CEO, not former CEO, but CEO of X, Yakarina had an entirely different take when speaking at the Code conference this week. Asked why X had cut the team, Yakarina said it hadn't. It's an issue we take very seriously, she reportedly said. And contrary to the comments that were made, there is a robust and growing team at X that is wrapping their arms around election integrity. Unquote, Yaccarino. She didn't, didn't indicate whether that's the same team that currently exists. 
X only responded to questions from the British tech journal The Register with its usual automated re- uh, message, not the recently removed poop emoji. Whether or not X has disbanded its election integrity team, there's a recurring theme. The platform has become, or at least is perceived to be, a hotbed of misinformation and hate speech since Musk took over. That's a bad reputation. Reports on the rise of offensive content on X have been plentiful. Musk has blamed organizations for exaggerating the extent of the problem. Most recently, the European Commission reported that X has the highest ratio of disinformation among large social media platforms. And in other news of Musk love, U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission has filed a lawsuit against Tesla alleging widespread and ongoing racial harassment of black employees at the company's plant at Fremont, California. That's also from the register. The 10-page lawsuit is packed to the brim with allegations that will sound distressingly familiar to Fremont plant employees who filed previous lawsuits against Tesla, alleging much of the same. Quote, racial slurs, various forms of the N-word, as well as racist epithets and race-based stereotyping permeated Tesla's Fremont factory, subjecting black employees to racial hostility and offenses. That's a quote from the EEOC lawsuit. Employees at the Tesla plant, uh, ranging from temps all the way up to managers, were guilty of the behavior to the point where it was frequent, ongoing, and occurred across all shifts, departments, and positions, according to the EEOC. Along with verbal abuse, black Fremont Tesla employees said in the suit they'd also encountered racist graffiti on a a variety of surfaces, including desks, in elevators, on bathroom stalls, and even on vehicles coming off the assembly line. The complaint says Tesla was made aware of the incidents on multiple occasions by black employees, but claims supervisors and managers failed or refused to intercede. Instead, according to the lawsuit, Tesla refused to take steps to address the issues, failed to investigate complaints, and didn't adopt policies to prevent such behavior. Rather than respond to complaints, says the EEOC, Tesla retaliated against those that reported racist incidents. The complaint claims Tesla changed their schedules, reassigned them, wrote them up for minor infractions, and in some cases, outright fired them. The EEOC accuses Tesla of violating Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, That legislation protects employees from discrimination on the job based on race, color, sex, religion, or national origin. When you let a standard slip, you've set a new standard, says the EEOC San Francisco office director, determining that prolific racial slurs do not merit serious discipline and failing to correct harassing conduct sends an entirely wrong message to employees. It also violates an employer's legal responsibility to act swiftly and effectively to stop race-based harassment. The uh, 
Lawsuit seeks compensation for those affected. The EEOC says in the complaint that it only filed the lawsuit after failing to get Tesla to agree to conciliation that would have settled the matter out of court. The only thing quieter than a Tesla on the road was Tesla's lack of comment. And now... News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by Jim Ebersol III. Dateline Paris. The United Nations Human Rights Office has criticized the French government for banning French athletes from wearing the hijab at the Paris Olympics next year. Quote, no one should impose on a woman what she needs to wear or not wear. Unquote, Maria Hurtado, spokeswoman for the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights. Quote, in general, according to the Committee on Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, any state party of the convention, in this case France, has an obligation to take all the appropriate measures to modify any social or cultural patterns which are based on the idea of inferiority or superiority of either sexes, Hurtado added. I think she meant sex, not sexes. But that's just me. Quote, having said that, that discriminatory practices against a group can have harmful consequences. That's why, according to international human rights standards, restrictions of expressions of religious religions or beliefs, such as attire choices, are only acceptable under really specific circumstances that address legitimate concerns for public safety, public order, or public health, or morals, in a necessary and proportionate fashion, unquote Hurtado. This came after the French sports minister said French athletes will not be allowed to wear hijab at the Olympics, arguing in favor of a, quote, strict regime of secularism applied rigorously in the field of sport. What does that mean? That means a ban on any type of proselytizing and the absolute neutrality of the public service. Unquote. Ministry's press office told CNN that the minister simply reiterated the law, referring to a court's decision in June to uphold a ban on wearing the hijab during football games. No, not by the players. According to the ruling earlier this year, the principle of public service neutrality applies to sports federations, which are in charge of a public service. Ministry says in accordance, in accordance with that ruling, French teams are subject to the principle of public service neutrality from the moment they are selected to this end in all national and international competitions. Thus, one cannot wear a headscarf or any other accessory or outfit demonstrating a religious affiliation when representing France in a national or international sporting competition, it added. She added, rules applying to other athletes will be set by each international federation under the supervision of the International Olympic Committee. Maybe next time you... Um, Award an Olympics to a city. You should find out what their policy is towards hijabs first. 
because it's the Olympics. It's a movement. And we all need one every day. Sing for your supper and you'll get breakfast Songbirds always eat If their song is sweet to hear Sing for your luncheon and you'll get dinner Dine with wine of choice If romance is in your voice I heard from a wise canary Trilling makes a fellow willing So little swallow, swallow now Now is the time to sing for your supper And you'll get breakfast Songbirds are not dumb They don't buy a crumb of bread Tis sad, so sing And you'll be fed Canary trilling makes a fellow willing. So little swallow, swallow now. Now is the time to sing for your supper and you'll get breakfast. Songbirds are not dumb. They don't buy a crumb of bread. Tis said so sing, just sing. La 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 Sing and you'll be fair From New Orleans, this is Le Show And now, ladies and gentlemen, some news of microplastics Researchers in Japan have confirmed microplastics are present in clouds, not the cloud. That's owned by Microsoft. No, clouds where they're likely affecting the climate in ways that aren't yet fully understood. A big long hmm in a study published in Environmental Chemistry Letters. Scientists climbed Mount Fuji and found Mount Oyama in order to collect water from the mists that shroud their peaks, then applied advanced imaging techniques to the samples to determine their physical and chemical properties. The team identified nine different types of polymers and one type of rubber in the airborne microplastics, ranging in size from 7 to 94 micrometers. Each liter of cloud water contained between 6 and 13 pieces between 200 and 400 pieces per cubic foot of the plastics. Hydrophilic, or water-loving, polymers were abundant, suggesting the particles play a significant role in rapid cloud formation and thus climate systems. 
If the issue of plastic air pollution is not addressed proactively, climate change and ecological risks may become a reality, causing irreversible and serious environmental damage in the future. That was the warning from lead author Hiroshi Okochi of Waseda University. When microplastics reach the upper atmosphere and are exposed to ultraviolet radiation from sunlight, they degrade, contributing to greenhouse gases. The mechanisms of their transport remain unclear. Research on airborne microplastic transport is particularly limited. Quote, to the best of our knowledge, this is the first report on airborne microplastics in cloud water the authors wrote. Meanwhile, British firm Emissions Analytics spent three years studying tires. The group found a single car's four tires collectively release one trillion ultrafine particles for every 0.6 miles driven. These particles under 100 nanometers, four millionths of an inch in size, they're so tiny they can pass directly through the lungs and into the blood. They can even cross the body's blood-brain barrier. It, Yeah, it's too much fun to say that. The Imperial College London has also studied the issue, noting that there is emerging evidence that tire wear particles and other particulate matter may contribute to a range of negative health impacts, including heart, lung, developmental, reproductive, and cancer outcomes. Just one word, microplastics. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present Let Us Try, a ballad of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Let us try to stem the tide, to beautify our countryside. We offer you our let us try. Well, you may remember some weeks ago a story here on the show by the Army Corps on the East Coast saying they were going to use more natural ways of dealing with the dangers of coastal floods and hurricanes. Now, we hear something different from Texas. Inflation could push the cost of Texas's coastal barrier project, already expected to be the largest civil engineering project in U.S. history, to $57 billion, the Army Corps of Engineers say, at 68% higher than their most recent estimate of $34 billion to build the Ike Dyke, a massive system of gates across the mouth of Galveston Bay intended to protect the Houston region from storm surge during hurricanes. The higher number is due to inflation and other rising costs. Well, of course it is. <laughs> what else would it be? Um, as costs balloon, it's unclear where, when, sorry, or whether the project will begin construction. Congress must agree to fund the project over the coming decades. Voters in five Texas coastal counties would likely have to approve the use of tax dollars to meet the 35% local cost share. 
named for the destructive 2008 hurricane that hit Galveston. The Ike Dyke Gates are the biggest chunk of Texas's proposed coastal barrier, also including miles of dunes, strengthened flood protection around Galveston Island, such as raising the existing seawall. This is all from the Texas Tribune. Congress has already authorized the project, but hasn't appropriated any money for it. There's a massive backlog of federal projects worth $100 billion fighting for the funding. The Corps took six years and spent $21 million to put together the proposal for the project, expected to be the largest in the agency's history. Environmental groups criticized the plan as a misguided effort to control nature as opposed to working with it, which the Corps said it was going to try to do up on the East Coast. The environmentalists predicted it will hurt the ecosystem by removing habitat for birds, birds and restricting water flow between Galveston Bay and the ocean, potentially harming wetlands, water quality, and marine species that move between the two at different stages of life. The barrier would also be vulnerable to being overtopped. It's designed to stop a storm surge as high as 22 feet. There can't possibly be one bigger than that, ever. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, 38 minutes into the show, I don't think that's long enough to wait to hear the name of Donald Trump. As you uh, probably know, New York State Attorney General Letitia James has... uh, sort of come down with a, with a big hammer on the Trump organization. A judge ruled last week that, yes, the companies, I think there's three or 400 individual companies under the Trump organization banner, um, have fiddled with their property valuations, raising them when they're trying to borrow money, lowering them when they're trying to get insurance. And uh, a judge agreed with that accusation. On uh, Monday, a trial begins on how much the Trump organization may have to pay as fines. One of the things mentioned in the package of possible punishments, taking away the business licenses of all the individual companies, so they can no longer operate buildings such as Trump Tower and an office building at 40 Wall Street. That's uh, predicted to be almost a death blow to the Trump organization unless they take some form of immediate action. The excitement of the big city, the bright lights, the sound of the crowd, your own peace in New York. Hi, I'm Crazy Donnie, and what you've only dreamed of can now be more than a dream for less than you ever thought. How about a first-class storefront on fabulous Fifth Avenue? Never thought you could afford it. You couldn't, until I came along. A piece of fabulous Wall Street? Impossible, right? It's so possible I can't even believe I'm saying it. When you shop for real estate bargains at Crazy Donnie, You get the deal of a lifetime. 
side. And I'm the sucker. But only this week during our Keep the Government's Hands Off Our Stuff sale. 24 carat properties can be used for rock bottom prices or even less. Maybe you never thought you could afford Trump Tower. How about you can't afford not to live there? Well, the price of my accountant says is the craziest thing since he went to jail. But these unbelievable values won't last forever. When the judge wakes up, they're gone. Wherever you are in the tri-state area, you're a two-hour drive from Crazy Donnie's. Remember, our prices are insane. And so am I. And now, the Apologies of the Week. We're so sorry. A bishop has issued a letter apologizing for recent painful events in his diocese, where media reports suggest that a group of priests were involved in a sex party at which a male prostitute lost consciousness and was initially denied medical assistance. This is, by the way, from Poland, from notesfrompoland.com. Though the church has acknowledged an incident took place and prosecutors have announced an investigation, neither have confirmed the precise nature of what took place. And the local diocese says some aspects of media reports are inaccurate. Then a letter from the bishop of Sosnowicz, Sosnow, <laughs> and I'm half Polish, Sosnowicz, Gregor's Kazakh was read in all churches in the diocese. He referred to the painful events in Dabrowa Gornikta and the ashamed priests involved without providing any details of what had taken place. Quote, I apologize to all those who were affected and saddened or even scandalized by the situation, wrote the bishop. I would like to emphasize emphatically that there's no consent to moral evil. Anyone found guilty will be punished according to canon law, regardless of the verdict of a civil court. I turn to you with a request for prayer and fasting. Let us pray for the conversion of our brother who has committed a scandalous act. Daylight Minneapolis, the local venue, the Ice House is apologizing for a last minute decision to cancel a Latinx dance party to instead host the after party for comedian Dave Chappelle. A party curated by a DJ and Queen Duin centers and highlights Latini Latinx music and culture according to the show's advertisement. Unfortunately, Ice House canceled Noche Chingona because they chose a corporate buyout over our show and just let us know this morning, said one of the DJs. We had absolutely no control or say in this decision. In a statement, Ice House said the event will be rescheduled and the last minute booking decision was made in order to keep the lights on and for that reason only. The Star Tribune reports the venue hosted the after party for Dave Chappelle following his show at the XL Energy Center. In regards to the cancellation, we hear you, said the venue. We're sorry and particularly understand the optics of having done this during Latin Heritage Month. Although we've communicated directly to the promoters on Saturday with an apology, we want to publicly acknowledge and apologize to those in the community who are planning to attend, only to have plans suddenly change. Sadly, this booking was at the expense of Noche Chingona and their community of artists and audience 
and for that we are deeply sorry. The mother of a black girl who was not given a medal at an Irish gymnastics event ceremony says the apology she has received is useless. This from the BBC. A video emerged recently showing the alleged racist treatment of a young black gymnast being ignored by an official who was handing out medals at an event in Dublin last year. The mother said watching the incident unfold was horrendous. Gymnastics Ireland apologized this week for the upside for the upset it has been caused. In the statement, the governing body said it was deeply sorry that it knew it needed to do more to ensure nothing like this will happen again, and it condemned any form of racism. But the mother of the girl said the sports body only publicly apologized after 18 months, quote, because the world wanted them to. The apology, she said, is almost useless. There was no empathy shown. I feel it's not true. It feels like they were pressured to give me an apology. The incident occurred at a gym start event in the Irish capital, March 22, when children were awarded participation medals, but a young black girl did not receive one. On the podium, the judge at the event later apologized to the family for her mistake and said that she would never, ever be racist. Dayline Toronto, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau apologized this week for Parliament's recognition of a man who fought alongside the Nazis. He was recognized during last week's address by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Trudeau said the Speaker of the House of Commons, who resigned this week, was, quote, solely responsible, unquote, for the invitation and recognition of the man, but said it was a mistake that has deeply embarrassed Parliament and Canada. Quote, all of us who were in the house on Friday regret deeply having stood and clapped, even though he did so unaware of the context. Trudeau said, it was a horrendous violation of the memory of millions of people who died in the Holocaust and was deeply, deeply painful for Jewish people. He repeated the apology in Parliament. Just after Zelensky del delivered an address in the House of Commons last Friday, Canadian lawmakers gave 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunka a standing ovation when House Speaker Anthony Rota drew attention to him. Rota introduced Hunka as a war hero for the, who fought for the 1st Ukrainian Division. Observers over the weekend began to publicize the fact that the 1st Ukrainian Division was also known as the Waffen-SS Galicia Division, a voluntary unit that was under the command of the Nazis. Trudeau said it is extremely troubling to think that this egregious error is being uh, politicized sorry, by Russia and its supporters to provide false propaganda about what Ukraine is fighting for. In an earlier apology, Rota said he alone was responsible for inviting and recognizing Hunka, who is from the district that Rota represents. Suits actor Patrick Adams, Patrick J. Adams, issued an apology on Instagram after he was accused of breaking SAG after a strike rules by posting behind-the-scenes photos from the show, which has become a streaming blockbuster over the last couple of months after making its Netflix debut. Many of these Suits set photos featured Adams' former co-star Meghan Markle. Quote, the last couple of days I foolishly and thoughtlessly led a trip down Suits' memory lane, 
distract me from the very real and ongoing fight everyone in SAG-AFTRA continues to wage, Adams wrote. It was an embarrassing oversight for which I'm incredibly sorry, he added. So grateful to those who gently and swiftly course-corrected me here. I look forward to continuing the fight in the days and weeks ahead. And finally, J.J. Reddick, who was a shooting guard in the NBA recently, now has um, some shows on the air, radio or television, in Memphis. And on one of them, he had a couple other players with him, and they discussed other cities that might possibly in the future get an NBA team franchise. Quoting now J.J. Reddick, Evan Turner mentioned Nashville, that the Memphis Grizzlies should move to Nashville, and I, I co-signed that, and that was a mistake on my part. And for all of Memphis and for the Grizzlies fans, let me apologize, and I mean this sincerely. The Memphis Grizzlies have a great, great fan base. They're a great organization. Memphis has a soul, a culture. The Grizzlies should never leave Memphis. All right, let me say that. I should not have co-signed that. I made a mistake. I apologize, Memphis. I do. I apologize. Unquote. J.J. Reddick. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, finally, some news of the smart world. After only a week on sale, forums and message boards are full of claims that iPhone 15 models are too hot to hold. Reddit, for example, is full of recent threads with people claiming that their new phones run very hot, iPhones. Similar reports can be found on Apple's iPhone discussion forum. A uh, gentleman who identifies himself as a social media influencer has, proposed to, has posted a video that purports to show his iPhone running at a temperature as high as 107.6 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. That's, that's hot even for New Orleans. Reports in the Wall Street Journal and in Bloomberg have also cited consumer concerns about the toasty iPhone 15 line. The challenge, according to the register, is that similar reports can be found with other iPhone models, most recently the iPhone 14, which has also been observed to be a pocket warmer. And there's also a recent claim about an iPhone 12 Pro pushing the temperature envelope at 113 degrees Fahrenheit. It's unclear whether the iPhone 15 is just running workloads that tax, tax its processor, or if the heat is on due to a flaw in hardware, software, or battery chemistry. Smoldering smartphones are not a fanciful concern. Samsung's Galaxy Note 7 became notorious in 2016 when some caught fire while charging. The FAA warned the device should not be taken on planes. To assure people's safety, Samsung went so far as to brick the fire-prone devices with a software update. Ming-Chi Kuo, an Apple supply chain analyst, says, quote, the primary cause is most likely the compromises made in the thermal, thermal system design to achieve a lighter weight, such as the reduced heat dissipation area and the use of a titanium frame, which negatively impacts thermal efficiency, Quo said. 
It's expected Apple will address this through software updates, but improvements may be limited unless Apple lowers processor performance. Unquote. Quo said if Apple fails to address this issue, it could reduce iPhone 15 shipments, as in fewer sales. And one more item. In news of the godly, a prominent Belgian bishop this week criticized the Vatican for failing to defrock a former bishop who admitted sexually abusing children, saying it had led to massive frustration with the highest Roman Catholic authorities. Disgraced Bishop Roger Vangelou, who was brought down by a sexual abuse scandal 13 years ago, became a symbol in Belgium of the Roman Catholic Church's hypocrisy in dealing with abuse in its own ranks, according to the Associated Press. We, the Belgian bishops, have been asking for years for a reaction. The letters are there, the discussions all noted down in lists. When will he have a reaction? And why don't we get one? Johann Bonny, the bishop of Antwerp, said. Van Gelui shot to international infamy amid discussions he had sexually abused his young nephew for over a dozen years when he was a priest and later a bishop. He later admitted he also abused a second nephew. The whole time, he made light of his crimes. The scandal was compounded when it became clear that his superior, Cardinal Godfried Daniels, not Godfrey Daniel, but Godfried Daniels, had approached one of the victims and sought to keep the scandal secret until the bishopric retired. Rumors of child sexual abuse by clergy in the overwhelmingly Roman Catholic nation of 11.5 million had been rampant for generations, according to the Associated Press, affecting just about every Catholic school or parish. Evidence was rare, instances were rarely punished and quickly suppressed until Vangelui's case proved a watershed moment. A special commission then produced a report with harrowing accounts of Catholic clergy molesting hundreds of victims, some as young as two years old, and said the abuse led to at least 13 suicides. Uh, the commission said in reality the, the abuse was even worse, but many victims could still not bring themselves to talk. Vanger Lewis showed little remorse when he gave up the Bruges bishopric, I said bishopric. He refused to heed the many calls to leave the priesthood altogether. In 2011, Vagalui spoke of his sexual abuse as a, quote, little game that involved no, quote, rough sex, and denied he was a pedophile since he, quote, never felt the least attraction to a child. Trying to turn the victim into an accomplice, he said, I had the strong impression my nephew didn't mind at all. To the contrary, he was never prosecuted by authorities because of the statute of limitations. News of the Godly.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of Le Show. Back next week, same time, same radio station, or other time of your choice on your audio device of choice. Love to have your company then. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Changes Easy Radio Network. So long from the Crescent City.